Perfect. Okay. Now we're set up. We're both here. No guests this week. We don't know guests. Although it was really great to have them. <laughs> yeah. I think this is good. Then we can uh, kind of regroup and uh, go forward from here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's do formalities. Pea pods are still growing, still getting several pea pods every few days. So uh, continued success there. What else are we keeping up with? You're weak? Did you do anything crazy? Did you get a lot done in your other projects? Yeah, yeah, making good making good progress on the other podcasts. <laughs> so you can do the PP PP pod the progress P-Pod report update <laughs> and I can do the PP pod podcast update. Ooh, okay, cool. For all the podcast your podcast needs that come from your favorite pen pen pals. <laughs> Also, just discovered. Have you ever heard of this game? Um, don't starve. No. <laughs> or like, don't starve together. What um, a great title for a game. Yeah. So Cassie and I were looking up a co-op game to like kill some time yesterday, and uh, yeah, it's just like a really well-made. It's, it's kind of like cool, kooky graphics, and it's like a, a like sandbox survival um, kind of like roguelike game but there's, it's, it's just like really fun and it's like, doesn't explain anything to you. So you have to figure stuff out. So you're like collecting materials and kind of crafting stuff. Um, so then you're like, oh, I can make like a trap. And then you like set up a trap by like animals. And you're like, I don't know, it's not trapping anything. And then eventually you're like, oh, what if I put the carrot, like use the oh, carrot okay. on the trap and now it'll bait it. And then like the rabbits will run into it. And- or you're like eating food and it's like killing you and you're like, fuck. And then you like, you're like, oh, I can like put the food into the campfire and like actually cook it and now I can eat it. Uh, and there's just like a lot of like depth and, and complexity. And, and then it seems like the, the expansions are kind of like new environments and new creatures and stuff like that. So that it um, seems like it has a lot of playability. Yeah, that's right up your alley. Because we're you were telling me about uh, you're into like survival stuff, right? Like people getting dropped in kind of the middle of nowhere with two other people, <laughs> and they had to find each other. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cassie and I, we have been watching this game, uh, or sorry, watching this like reality show called Naked and Afraid. And so yeah, this is a little bit like a weird, <laughs> a simulator, a safe yeah. version of Naked and Afraid, but it's still co-op. Yeah, it's co-op online. Um, maybe like up to six people, maybe more. Not oh wow! Sure. And what do you you run it on your computer or on a system or what? Yeah, so so it's on Mac, like OS X. Oh shit! Um, okay. Yeah, it, so it's like through Steam, and it was on sale. It was like five or six bucks, and when you buy it, you actually get a code for a friend. So it's kind of nice. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to kill some time. Got some time to kill. Well, um, should we get to it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm excited. Last time on Misato's Meltdown Mayhem, Shady Gendo was shady twice in one episode. Misato dealt with mornings using the ancient Japanese art of alcoholism. 
Penpen showed off his reading skills, Shenji got a Ritsusplaining of the actual cause of the second impact. We learned that chauvinism is alive and well in Japan's heavy and chemical industries. A fairly dumb-looking robot stopped listening to his human controllers and went on a potentially catastrophic power walk. With a hand from Shinji and the Ava-01 and the start of a workers' revolt, Misato cleaned up the boy's mess and shut down the robot. Or did she? And now, episode eight, Shinji and his friends accompany Misato to meet Eva Unit 02 and his pilot, Asuka, at sea. Misato's old friend, Ryoji Kaji is aboard with his own agenda. And it's saying my uh, internet is unstable. Are you still hearing me? Yes. Okay, perfect. So I did... Um, trying to think of stuff to talk about for this one i feel like it's a little bit of a slow episode Mm -hmm. but yes i did a little bit of like browsing around in the wikis and i came across like seal which i had forgotten about oh yeah is that the five guys around the like that are virtually meeting i i don't know about that i did just now see the seal angel in the intro so it's like a shield Mm -hmm. with like seven eyes on it and I was just thinking about, right. like, we just had that conversation about the seven eyes and the seven horns. So seven eyes would be, like, perfect knowledge, I think he said. The uh, number seven uh, implies perfection. Anyway, so I thought that, that was cool, something to, to look out for. Definitely. So, so this time the moon is red. Yes. Right? First time? Just because it's Asuka? Yeah. I was wondering that. I was like, am I crazy? It's a different color, right? Yeah, I, I was just looking it up. Cassie, Cassie told me I was crazy. I was like, I feel like normally it's green. Yeah, that's the, uh, the next episode is the Dance Dance Revolution episode where they have to DDR in perfect synchronization. Mm, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the episode starts and it's uh, uh, Shady Gendo being shady again right off the bat, getting a call from... Sasaba, well, I don't, we don't know where uh, he's getting the call from, but uh, he's expecting a package from, to be delivered from Sasebo, which is a city in Nagasaki Prefecture. Mm-hmm. I, I was just looking it up, and, and one thing, <laughs> just of note, it has an amusement park modeled after a Dutch town with canals, replica buildings, windmills, and flower gardens. Oh, that's awesome. So you could like take a trip to Japan and end up in a place looking exactly like a Dutch <laughs> town, Holland. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Japan does have this interesting relationship with like the Dutch and the Portuguese, where those were some of the countries at various points in history that had like little trading ports in Japan when mm. Japan was an otherwise shut off area and they brought christianity and some stuff like that so i wonder if this place is kind of modeled after there's some other cities where they do just have like a couple blocks where it was like legit like kind of like a european town from like the 1600s kind of um kind of like built in the middle of this like bigger japanese town that's fascinating neither here nor there well Uh, but it uh uh so we're gonna in- get introduced to a character in this, uh, uh, Kaji, who is Asuka's um, handler, and 
I thought by his voice, I thought it might be the English voice actor for Spike from uh, hmm. uh, Cowboy Bebop and Mugen from uh, Samurai Champloo. Uh, listen, Jed. But I, I, I just like puzzle pieces went together in my head because you mentioned that because it, a big thing in Samurai Champloo is there's an episode with a a Dutch samurai, or I mean, he's not really a samurai, mm. but he comes to Japan because he believes that the way of the Bushido uh, permits male love or, or uh, homosexuality in a way that Holland at the time did not, which is wild. Yeah. And then later in the uh, series, there's Christianity starts uh, making its way into, uh, into Japan. And at first I thought the guy who was at the head of it was Spanish, but he must be Portuguese. Yeah, I think, I think probably. Um, yeah. And, and that episode too, I think it's the same one where they kind of go into the, the history of, or, or there's an episode of Shamari Shampoo anyway, where they go into like um, the history of like the U S Navy guy coming to Japan and kind of forcing them to, to open their borders. Mm. Matthew Perry, the same name as the, <laughs> the actor in friends somehow. Um, but, but that's a great place if you ever want to see kind of what Japanese racist caricatures of, uh, of white people. <laughs> Love it. The and, angry uh, American. Oh yeah. I remember they play baseball, right? Yeah, and then they're just like horrible people and they have these weird faces <laughs> and like talking ridiculous accents. And um, it's weird because like that guy's anime has been like, like Cowboy Bebop and Shamurai Champloo, I think are like a lot more popular in the West than they were in Japan. I think they were like, for some reason, particularly popular here. But then it's interesting that he seems to have these kind of like weird anti American. <laughs> At least he's not sensitive about it. <laughs> yeah, he's he maybe he especially Samurai Champloo, maybe he's very pro Japan, very proud of his heritage. And so that would be a like America kind of forcing itself into Japanese uh trading uh and ending its isolationist policies is kind of a sore subject, right? Yeah, no, I mean it was weird. It was weird and fucked. Yeah. But uh Man. Anyway. Okay, yeah. That was a big digression. I don't know if we'll leave that in. That's okay. Uh, we're uh uh it's going to it's going to be at least adjacent to the things we're talking about. So, Masato takes Shinji, Kensuke, and Toji on a helicopter ride to a UN carrier group, the Pacific Fleet. And there's like aircraft carriers, there is it's at least 20 battleship class uh, uh, ships that are ostensibly just escorting an Ava, right? And the pilot, Asuka? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they're doing? Yeah, yeah. And and they seem kind of pissed about that. They're like, all of this just to, like, bring this, like, dumb robot here. And she's like, I don't know, man. This might not be enough. Like, like basically, this robot is, like, way more important than, like, anything else you're doing. Yeah, so, so they land down on the, the aircraft carrier and um, we meet a new character. So we meet Asuka and they do this kind of suspense where we just see her kind of in the shadows and we just see the top of her head and then she's kind of revealed um, and we have another weird kind of pervy 
um, anime trope meeting, um, this time not with Shinji, but with uh, Kensuke, right? Toji. Uh, Toji. Yeah, Kensuke is busy geeking out over all of the uh, uh, military equipment that he's getting to see close up. Uh, But Toji, yeah, he runs after his hat, which gets caught by the wind, which he was hoping to impress Masato about. Mm. And uh, Asuka stamps down on it, actually saving his hat, but he's super pissed that she's standing on his hat. And she doesn't even speak to him. She speaks past him and uh, to Masato asking about, or uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, I don't remember what she says, or maybe Masato asks her something. Anyways. Yeah, so then we kind of get introduced to the, um, the, I guess it's like a German, or no, no, he's working for the UN, but they say they've been authorized by Germany or something like that. Um, But to this like UN Navy captain, um, we meet Kaji, he kind of sticks his head through the window and we realize that um, he has some connection to, to Misato and Asuka seems, um, and Asuka seems infatuated with him and Misato seems kind of flustered by him. Yeah, so we, we have this kind of uh, lunch or something. They're all eating together, catching up. Kaji kind of reveals he's familiar with Shinji, says that he's like famous in those circles, and then also reveals that uh, he's had some sort of romantic thing with with Misato, and and Asuka seems jealous of both of these developments. <laughs> yes, uh, he is not subtle. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, and and then kind of like he's kind of keeps. He keeps talking about Shinji and, and Asuka is clearly um, kind of both impressed and threatened by um, kind of his performance, especially his performance with very little training. Yeah, uh, Kaji tells Asuka that his sync rate hit 40 and she can't believe it. We have no reference point for what that metric means, but she thinks that's way, way too high. Yeah. Um, then she tries to minimize it too when she shows off her Evangelion to him. And, you know, she says something like, you know, you, you guys are just like prototypes. That's why you can like sync so well with it. But like mine is like the first real one and it's like military grade and whatever. And it is quite different in several key aspects or at least her interface with it is like it responds to voice commands and she can do the startup sequence and the launch sequence uh, on her own, with seemingly without mm. any, uh, 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 you know, when uh, Shinji launches, he's got the whole nerve uh, command room, like initializing yeah. things and then telling him it's okay. And then, and he does very little. Asuka just runs through these kind of flight check procedures. And then there's a little failure Shinji is thinking in Japanese and that crashes the system. And so Asuka's mm. like, that's fine. I speak Japanese. So I'll just start thinking in Japanese instead of German. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the, the angel showed up. So we have another, another angel attack. Do you want to talk about this guy? Yeah, so this is, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's G-A-G-H-I-E-L. So we're going to say Gagiel. Uh, is the sixth angel, it's gigantic. I don't know if it's the biggest angel we come across. It's definitely the biggest one we've come across so far uh, by, I don't know, a factor of 10 or so. 
Uh, it's gigantic compared to the uh, uh, the Ava. The Ava is like a human with a great white shark, which is going to become very uh, important very quickly because the plot of this episode is essentially the plot of Jaws. So it has no visible AT field, or at least not that we get a glimpse of, but it uh, is unaffected by conventional weapons fire from the UN fleet. Uh, it is modeled after descriptions of Leviathan from uh, the Old Testament. And Leviathan is often uh, depicted or uh, described as whale-like or crocodile-like. And that kind of makes the, the design of it in this make sense to me. Because it has this huge long tail for swimming. And then it also, it's like the size of a whale, but it, the way its mouth opens is not like a whale at all. It is very much like a crocodile, like a big long jaw with huge serrated teeth and it opens top up, right? Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting if you think of the angels as like aliens, like you don't normally think about some kind of like, like sea creature alien, right? Mm. Something. I feel like that could actually be like a cool, maybe like a cool creative take on the aliens that they would like come and then like start like building things in the ocean or something like that. I feel like, anyway. Oh no, um, that's true. Uh, and it, so the, I don't know if it's ever revealed, but it's very interesting the way that the angels spawn. It's not like they're uh, weapons from uh, Final Fantasy VII and they've been living in the earth, waiting for a crisis uh, kind of suspended animation until one happens. They seem to be formed, you know, kind of ad hoc. Like they're formed and then they go out. Like they grow to size yeah. very quickly. Uh, and so, we, oh, good. Yeah, I was just gonna say you, we we never see them like fall from the sky or something like that. Like see them like showing up. They they just always kind of like, you know, come from the distance on Earth as if they've like just been there because if they were just showing up you think there would be they would show up on radar or something and and there would be kind of more heads up that they were coming um it's kind of mysterious yeah and they're adapted to whatever each one keeps adapting to the new situation somehow trying something different right which is kind of i mean that's a reality of the the genre type and the subverting of that genre you know the angels are monster of the week they are the ultraman aliens they are but it wants to be something more than that and so it it it, it takes it in weird directions which is very cool uh so the name means roaring beast of god and it would be the angel of fish and it has this uh on top of its jaw like a very top portion, kind of between the essentially eyes, it has a little face and it looks just like Sakael's uh, second face uh, that it grows. That kind of looks like a plague mask. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you see that for a second kind of early on. Yeah, And then it um, has a, an S2 core, but that's inside of its mouth. Yeah, so this this angel shows up and actually kind of even before we confirm it's an angel, but it just seems to be an angel, Asuka wants to get in her ship and prove herself, you know, maybe to to impress this dude or or maybe because 
you know, she keeps, she's heard all this stuff about how great Shinji is and she wants to show off. A little too eager. And so the, the Navy is firing their, their missiles or their torpedoes, but it's not doing anything, Koji says, because of the, the AT field that it has. And so Asuka and Shinji launch off together, Shinji in, uh, in her uniform, so kind of in drag. Oh, yeah, that's and pretty tropey too, right? Like that happens a lot. I don't. I'm not sure. Like, like forced drag, or, or is that what you mean, or what? What true? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, uh, forced drag, like situational people not intending to dress in uh, off-gendered clothing, but ending up doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I guess Final Fantasy VII kind of is coming to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the like drag as a disguise. I guess I was just thinking of Rama one half, but I don't know if that's. <laughs> I sh- I've never revisited it. I've only seen an episode or two. I haven't either. I I've kind of. I, I wonder if that was like this weird kind of like transgender text. Like I wonder about the creator's sexuality and if it's like kind of like a that was a safe place to explore fantasies like that. Yeah, I wonder uh, if it uh, turns if it holds up or or if it if I were to look at it if it would turn out to be like pro trans or kind of problematic. I assume some things probably, are problematic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my main memory was like, you know, people would change gender and then just like stare in mirrors and like grab their boobs and shit like that. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, so so Asuka and Shinji um, kind of launch together and, you know, the, the captain gets super mad. You know, you're almost expecting Misato to get mad because Asuka is just kind of like going rogue and doing her own thing. But I guess in the way that Misato often just kind of like takes charge in emergencies and Misato's like, yes, this is the right move. Keep going. <laughs> you got this girl. Yeah. And I wonder if she secretly is really happy about all the destruction of the UN fleet that's happening because, hmm. you know, it's not treated as like a plot point or anything, but Asuka herself in the Ava O2 like destroys a couple of ships and completely wipes uh, the aircraft carrier of all of its aircraft, which has to be, I don't know, a couple of billion dollars worth of damage. Yeah, and and the captain made this like line about, you know, I can't believe we're like transporting this toy around. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about the, the images of that where she's like landing on these things and like the planes are just sliding off <laughs> and like they, they really like look like toys or something like yeah. she's just like breaking these like tiny things like by stepping on them basically. Brilliant because it you see that you see that size difference and it's like an order of magnitude they look like toys mm. and then Gagale comes up from the deep and you're like oh you're gonna need a bigger boat yeah (laughs) there's always a bigger fish yeah yeah that's a really good point yeah 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 so we we have a lot of stuff going on with kind of like yeah the the relative size and the relative um power so so kaji gets this phone call then um he's told it's like you know okay for him to flee it sounds like they're expecting like something like this might happen and that's why they specifically have the Eva there and the second pilot. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, I, I, it, 
get this feeling again. Masato wasn't aware of this. Mm -hmm. She was like given some, you know, maybe she was like, oh, like just go there just in case Mm -hmm. something happens or something. But it almost sounds like they were expecting it. And she's confused about why the angel is attacking. She wonders if it's the Ava. At the end of the episode, we're shown this like Adam thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was wondering, do you think the, the angels are coming for the Adam? Yeah, I think it was coming for Adam. And I think that there's something in Nerve headquarters that mm. the other angels are coming for, right? Like they are going to a specific spot and it's not the Nerve headquarters, but it's something within Nerve headquarters that they can detect somehow. Yeah. And so they say Adam is important for the um, human instrumentation pro- instrumentality project. Mm-hmm. Um, which they've referred to a couple of times, haven't, haven't really explained. Um, but it, it's, it looks almost like a fetus or something like that. Yeah. But it's supposedly the first human and it's alive. Yeah, that's what he refers to it as. It's insane. I don't know what, the, what it was encased in. It said Bakelite. I didn't look it up. Yeah, Bakelite. I think it's just a kind of rock. Okay. But I'm not sure. Evidently, it's, it's plastic. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> It's like resin, yeah. Oh, neat. Classic resin. But the the security council guys, the virtual meeting guys, they say that the human instrumentality project is the number one priority, that the Avas are not. Hmm. So it would make sense if that's a key to this project. Uh, Kaji, he is, uh, when he gets that phone call, essentially, I assume it's Gendo on the other end, he essentially says, it's okay to leave them to die. That doesn't really matter. What matters is that you get that package to me. So this is far more yeah. important than the pilots' lives and the Ava O2. And we're, you know, Ray's not there. So Oh, that's true. I mean, she's <laughs> the only one he cares about anyways. So. What does it matter? Oh, okay. So the, the angel more or less swallows, like brings down uh, the Ava O2 into the... Uh, into the drink and it floats around for a little bit before Asuka realizes she can't move it at all because it has B type equipment on, whatever that means. Yeah. And then eventually the, uh, the angel comes back around and just uh, gets a good bite. Uh, two of its teeth uh, sinking through the abdomen portion of the Ava. And with mm. it hooked up to the emergency power cable that's on the aircraft carrier, uh, it ends up becoming like a fishing game, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if we, maybe I just missed it, but do we, we don't see them like in pain or anything after getting bit, right? Oh no, so and like, we kind of should. Maybe, maybe the OG Maybe that's a combat that thing? Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering, or or if they, you know, they just like left left out that scene or that detail for this combat. Hmm. Um, but we're right, we're kind of used to Shinji getting hit by something and then like screaming out yeah. in, in agony. Oh yeah, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so they, you know, they come up with uh, this plan. I. I have seen the end of Jaws. I've never watched Jaws all the way through, um, but you were saying this is like pretty similar. Yeah. So the idea is to get 
the shark or the angel in this uh, case to open its mouth uh, to get explosives inside of it. And then they, in Jaws, they set off the explosives with uh, uh, a rifle shot, I think. Um, And in this, it's two cruisers, right? Two battleships with those huge triple cannons on them. And this, I don't understand. Uh, they have to sink those <laughs> battleships, right? <laughs> so those things are gone. And who fired the guns? They're definitely not set up to be fired remotely. So this required two crews to sacrifice their lives, right? They're all dead. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Seems like there would be like a shot of like the people... You know, because, like, probably they're, like, inside these, like, glass things that are, like, cracking under the pressure. And they just feel like, fire, fire. Like, yeah, I feel like there could have been a really dramatic thing with that. Or just, like, a shot of, like, them dying after this or something. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, maybe that was a little too real for uh, a kid's time slot. They're like, ah! We can have trauma survivors. Yeah, let's just stick with sexualizing 14-year-olds. Let's do what we do well. That's safe. But but yeah, so so they have this kind of like crazy fight scene. You know, I I guess maybe, and and in Jaws too, it it is like harpooned or something, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Like, Like, so it's like on a wire kind of, in a similar way that this creature is. And, and that might kind of also go back to, to Moby Dick and, and that kind of... Oh, the great white whale. Yeah, that you've got this big beast kind of attached to you and you're, you're trying to like fight it. Um, but, it but it's just like so much bigger that you're risking it. That is a messed up twist on Moby Dick where it's like getting to the end of it and he's like and you may kill my entire crew but I'm going to be <laughs> fine <laughs> but so anyway so, so part of this plan they need to open up this thing's mm-hmm. mouth right so that these things can shoot inside um, Shinji gets to hold hands with a girl for a first for the first time and Aww. they kind of Bring, bring attention to this by her being like, don't get any ideas by the fact that we're holding hands. Um, but they, uh, you know, they're failing at first. And then right when they start thinking the exact same words at the same time and kind of synchronized with one another, that's when um, they kind of pull this, this creature's mouth open. Um, and we get this very cool shot of the Ava and he has kind of four eyes, mm. which I think is new. And we haven't seen that when we were seeing it before. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and we see the yeah. birth of Pacific Rim and, and the, the two-person <laughs> dive system. Without Ava, Pacific Rim does not exist. Probably true. Probably true. Uh, oh, and the, the hand grips unfold into a new configuration, which like, come on, that always happens. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. So there's this interesting kind of throwaway line early on where Misato was saying like something like, we might as well like find out what happens or something. We mm-hmm. might as well find out. Um, and that's kind of shortly after um, Asuka and Shinji kind of both take off in that ship. 
So I was wondering kind of at the end, they talk about, you know, we got this new data um, and it being very useful. And I wondered if that was data about what happens when you do put two pilots in an AVA. Huh. So maybe Asuka, like she made this decision. Well, maybe she didn't make this decision. She's definitely like on the home team. Like she would not freak out about an order to not tell Shinji something, I don't think. Whereas Shinji would be like, what are you talking about? I can't lie to her. I wasn't wasn't saying that necessarily. I wasn't sure about that. But like, I was wondering if like, they had been curious about like, what would happen if you put two pilots in one or something like that. And then she's like, well, they're in it already. I guess we'll like finally know what happens when you do this or something like that. So we've had other people in it before, but they were like random people who just interfered. Um, Whereas this is kind of like two pilots who are like set up to do this sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that becomes a thing later. I know it doesn't at least one of the movies, but uh, Hmm. I don't know if two people are ever in one again. Oh, well, it'll come up, I'm sure. So the plan succeeds, they open up the jaw, and then two battleships careen into the uh, angel's mouth, crushing its teeth first, and then firing their cannons and exploding the whole thing. Uh, Which, the the Ava does not care. The Ava has an AT field, it it is unaffected. Yeah, Um, so so it's destroyed, yeah, the Ava kind of comes back onto a ship, collapses and exhaustion. Um, Ritsuko shows up um, and is kind of like debriefing with Misato. That's where they're talking about how they've gotten this data. And mm. she like looks at it and she's like, this is fucking sweet data. The like, best data. Which, uh, you know, so she, she points out that like Misato like, you know, like admits that she made a mistake or something or there was something that she hadn't really thought about, which is maybe like the kind of aquatic component of the battle. And that also feels like a little bit uncharacteristic of her to like give Misato this like praise and uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I guess if you bring Ritsuko uh, good data, she will give you some kind of words. <laughs> like she works for the Avas, but she stays for the data. Yeah. So we have the scene of uh, Kaji giving that Adam thing to Gendo that we were talking about earlier, this weird uh, fetus thing that I guess was enclosed in some sort of plastic resin resin thing. Yeah, Uh, and Gendo Um, is very excited about this. Calls it the first human, which I don't remember that being true, but okay. And we wanted to talk about seal. Did that come up here? I know we saw it's the symbol, which is like the weird angel face with six, seven eyes. The uh, number seven uh, implies perfection. Yeah, well, it's a shield with seven oh, eyes. Oh, shield, uh, okay. Yeah, so, so maybe, so okay, one more thing and then we'll do a little like spoilers section. Okay. Um, so, so the final thing, uh, so we started this episode kind of in from the lens of the kids you know, them on this helicopter. Well, we start with Gendo, mm-hmm. but then we were kind of in the kids' world, and then kind of we end um, again with Gendo, and then like back in the kids' world, and we have mm. kind of one of the rare uh, 
comedy moments or kind of sitcom-y moments of this episode, um, which is that Asuka has now joined their class, like much to all of their chagrin. <laughs> she comes in and writes her full name on the board. <laughs> like, yeah. baller move. Uh, oh, and she's still wearing, <laughs> so she wears red hair clips that match her uh, uh, plug suit. And Ray, mm. I think, does the same thing. And I wonder, do they wear them all the time? Uh, and Shinji has them on when he goes into the Ava 2. But he does <laughs> not keep his on That's in true. case of an emergency. That's true. And then the ending to Moon was, was red for some reason. Um, so we'll see. Does it keep doing that going forward? Or is this episode special for some reason? Is the blood moon, what do you call that, setting? Mm. Like... Are terrible things about to happen. That's just what happens in Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but it the red moon like portends portend something in Japanese mythology. I think maybe Shintoism. It's like it means like a time of uh, change or upheaval when the the boundaries between worlds are weaker. So like the spirit hmm. world and the physical world can cross over. I think. Interesting. Um, yeah, no clue. We'll have to look into that. I'll have to look into that. Maybe next time. Maybe our guest next time will know something about yeah. it. Next time. All right. Um. Okay, so next time on Evangelion, Asuka and Shinji are going to have to work in harmony. Uh, they're really bad at it, but they're going to have to do it. Yeah. That's all it really they, gave us. I believe in them. They, they did it this time, sort of. Yeah, they thought in unison, which was cool. Maybe they can think in two words unison next time, and we'll kind of build on that process. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, do we have any cliffhanger stuff for next week? Maybe we'll have a guest, maybe we won't. I think we're going to have a guest. I think he's going to have some insight into the red moon. Red moon. What does it mean? Yeah, so we don't have a third person to go pen pen pals pod. Pen. Pen. Pals. Pals. Okay. All right. Thanks for being with us. We'll we'll see you next time. Go. Are we gonna do a spoiler session? Yeah. Spoilers. So yeah, I was looking up some stuff. I was looking up some stuff about Kaji, and it talked about this thing, Seal, which we haven't heard about yet. But I think Seal is somehow related to the Human Instrumentality Project, I believe. But I guess, so what the spoilers is maybe, so what the Human Instrumentality Project is, is like like uniting all of Earth for some like common cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the Human Instrumentality Project is. So it's maybe, I don't know if the meaning is supposed to be something like, like getting all of humans on the same page so they can be like used for this like bigger purpose. You can use all of humanity as like an instrument basically or whatever, or, or kind of why they call it that. It's kind of interesting. We have this like, kind of more powerful UN in this series. Like there's kind of more of a sense of an actual world government versus a bunch of like nation states.
but somehow mm. this thing that's supposed to be like the origin of humanities is going to be essential for kind of achieving that more uh, more fully. Yeah, I think the more powerful UN is because of second impact, because of all the widespread famine and flooding and uh, ethnic wars, like that caused countries to agree that they had to be more accountable to each other if they were going to uh, uh, keep any sort of civilization after the second impact or if they were gonna, so that's probably why the, the UN is as strong as it is, right? Um, Cause yeah, they have that whole, it's not like the US Pacific carrier fleet, it's the UN Pacific carrier fleet, which is very interesting. I'm, I'm looking at more spoilers and this shit gets like very, Weird. Esoteric, convoluted. Seal means soul. And I assumed it was a counterpart to nerve because those are Mm. two different, I don't know, like seemingly human things. Like nerve meaning like, you know, like nerve endings or or neurons of the brain. And then the soul itself being something else, something separate. Yeah, almost like this kind of like duality, like the physical manifestation versus like the metaphysical or something. Yeah, and it, exactly. And I I get the impression that nerve and seal have like overlapping but different goals. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so maybe just mm-hmm. to like dive into this because I feel like this is actually stuff that maybe won't be in the show. This is kind of more subtext for the show. Mm-hmm. Um but according to evangelionfandom.com, so the Human Instrumentology Project is SEAL's secret goal. So it's the forced evolution of humanity through bringing about third impact under their own control. And so the Human Instrumentality Committee oversees NERV's work. Um, so that might be this, yeah, so that's this people, this colored meeting that we see is the human instrumentality committee so i guess nerve is working uh, i don't know the relation between seal and that human instrumentality committee but but this stuff is maybe like higher up than nerve and it says as a result of third impact all lillian souls would be gathered into lilith's egg and united as one being oh yeah do you want to go full spoiler do you want to know what a Lilin soul is? Sure. Yeah. I'm super curious now. Okay. So Lilith, so there's two. I also read up some stuff and remembered some stuff. Uh, in Evangelion, the reason that life is what it is on Earth and the reason there are angels is because originally on this planet, there was one source of life, and that's Adam. And Adam is the predecessor of the angels. Uh, and at some point in Earth's history, an egg or uh, a foreign object, uh, an egg of life or something called, I think that's what it's called, crashes on Earth and it contains Lilith, which is another source of life. And there's not supposed to be two of those on the same planet. And so Adam mm. goes dormant and the angels uh, do not become the dominant species on the planet. And instead, Lillian life, which is like bacteria and stuff start. And that's, that's the progression of life that we come from. Hmm. So it presupposes that 
people were not supposed to be the dominant species. We're an alien organism to the planet. And hmm. uh, that may be why it hates us. Just we're the aliens, not the angels. The alien call was coming from on the planet the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And, and so is that, so are the angels showing up then? Like they've just been like somewhere on earth and they're reawakening or? Yeah, I, I don't know that yet. I know that the second impact is the result of, like it wasn't, oh, maybe it's an accident, but it's a result of, I guess we already know that, that the, uh, uh, their research, when they came in contact with Adam for the first time, they tried to do something, make contact, and that's the second impact. And so mm-hmm. since then, maybe that, that has to be what awakened them out of hibernation or started their development. Hmm. Also, also, as I'm looking up this stuff, there's stuff about the white moon and the black moon. Black moon uh, is Lilith. White moon is Adam. Okay. And then I'm just thinking, we were like, what is this red moon? Uh, <sighs> I don't know. The shifting. Oh, and it's the first time we see Adam. The red moon is significant. Hmm. It's like magic. It's like a sigil. I feel like this shit gets like and like starts getting like very esoteric <laughs> for my taste. It's like kind of cool, but then I'm also kind of like I don't know, man. What's going on? But but I guess all of that stuff maybe they keep under the hood for like the people who really want to get into it can get into it. But it, I feel like maybe maybe right at the end it kind of like kind of comes out into the main story. Um, but kind of most of it, you can just be oblivious to it throughout the series. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the first time we watched this was not in the age of ubiquitous information in the internet. Like we could look up some stuff, but it was a challenge just to, or it was a a task at least just to get these episodes to watch. But now we can look stuff up and figure it out and be like, why... Why does this Lance have anything to do with this Adam fella? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So I'm sure this time around we will understand the um, the mysteries a little better. We're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Uh, 